So, uh, this is the War for the Tower. Uh, April is is new to this whole thing. April, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. I'm going to have a lot of questions for you, but I am excited to jump in. Okay, perfect. Well, uh, the way I like to work is uh, we have a bit of a format, but it's pretty flexible. So if you have, give me one question, like right off the top. I have one ultimate that I picked out, but I don't have a second one. I just have one. Okay, cool. Well, that will be pretty late in the process. First, we'll do a few like just uh, broad uh, things about the world and like the format of the show, and then uh, and then yeah, we'll get into the character sheet. I this is how I did it with Seth. We looked at the character sheet. And like we went kind of top to bottom on the right side of the page, and then we get to ultimates, cool. and then we get, went up to like gear, and then finally end with the appearance. Perfect. I think that'll work here. Sounds good. Yeah. Do you want to give us a hint, like what the listener has has coming? <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, listener. <laughs> I sure do, Jeff. Uh, I I was thinking, you know, I can sort of play with any character from all of fiction and all of time. So really, who would be better to plunge into an eternal war than a uh, Pollyanna? from the uh i think it's like a 1960s film she's a cheerful young orphan who always sees the best side in everything and because of sort of her age and place and time give her a few years and she could go on to be a very cheerful nurse in world war one um the war to end all wars so that's sort of where i'm starting out with her uh because she so just excited. has, you know, this spirit and this, like, verve for life. And anyone who doesn't, she will sort of drag kicking and screaming with her into uh, into an appreciation of life. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. It's just what this squad needs at this pivotal moment in history. Uh-oh. Uh, so, let's see. Um, what are your impressions of the system overall, Space Kings, developed by Kevin Cole? Uh, it seems really cool. I, I really like... Um, I love dice, but I'm really excited about the cards mechanism. I, I think there's something really fun that happens when you can sort of see a a dwindling pile of chances or failure. <laughs> yes. Like, like I think that is a really neat game design. Um, it also seems very flexible in terms of how you can sort of arrange um, checks of any kind. So like I've, I've mostly played, um, you know, Pathfinder 
D and D five E. Um, I I'm like I haven't played it, but I'm like a little bit familiar with the apocalypse system. Um, but I think this seems like a good way where you can sort of set people out to be very good at some things, not at all good at other things, um, and play with it in a really fluid way. Yeah, there's real dynamic qualities to this game. I think uh, I think partially because Kevin designed it to be played with up to 16 players like Jeez. in a party and so you'd be like drinking a beer and then you'll be like oh my character does this thing and then you flip some cards and like in you know zaniness ensues or whatever but well, uh uh the the highs and lows are are very exciting yeah yeah and like you know i i think i've mentioned my dice collection before but not everyone is inclined to that or wants to do that or wants to go, you know, shell out whatever the six or seven bucks for your intro uh, seven die kit. So I, I like the cards as a mechanic. I think that's really clever because most people, no matter what level of uh, interest they have in games, probably going to have a deck of cards somewhere in their house. Totally. Yeah, I was trying to think, like, uh, normally everybody has their own deck, but I was thinking if you have enough players and you're, like, around a table or whatever, like, the team could just have one deck. Um, Bet that would probably work just as well. Yeah, or pass the deck. You a lot, though. Pass the deck, like, <laughs> like, all I can think of is passing the, uh, the conch shell from lord of the flies but that's probably not the right uh thing to oh, go yeah. for yeah it's like pass the flipping stick <laughs> yeah that's the one actually that makes me think of like designing a fire game like what do you of game around the fire pit Ooh. bonfire games like this would be good for that, right? Like, uh, yeah, if, like a thing yeah. you could play if you were like out camping or just out in like a backyard, uh, bullshitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonfire games. Put that on the list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like you need to be careful who you play a bonfire game with because you may end up actually like, like I know a few folks who if you were like, yes, let us introduce a game mechanic near this fire, that the fire <laughs> would become part of the game mechanic. And that that does not a stable RP make, especially if you get your <sighs> you know character sheet set on fire. Yes, there's that problem, and then there's also the like tipsy person. The, I yeah. would institute a rule where if you're gonna stand up to role play, you got to step away <laughs> from the fire. Oh, but maybe you could have like like um not skill points. I like you have a thing, and you only have a certain number of one, and so when you're gonna use one, it's like actually made of like wood or paper, and you like throw it into the fire. Like I have used this thing. That'd be good. Get some like flash paper or something so it would like burn up real neat. Ooh, so it's like a magic axe, like pa pa Amazement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like a critical hit in, in some games. 
All right, I'm going to pull up the character sheet and we could just get right into it. Um, uh, let's see, are there any um, any format questions? Oh, we didn't say who you are and like, tell us your name and like what, what you do, that sort of stuff. Oh, well, uh, my name is April Pegg. Um, I actually work for a organization that does candidate education for people who want to run for office. Um, and in terms of like role playing games, I think I've been playing for about seven years now. Yeah. About seven years. We had a regular game night at a friend's house. And then one day they were like, Hey, there's this thing called Pathfinder. Do you have any interest in it? And I was like, sure, let's try it. Um, and I played a character. I did not know what I was doing. Our DM did not know what he was doing. He was a very bad DM, um, but he did get me into role-playing. Uh, and since then, I've hopped around to a few other games, uh, including... A excellent one shot um, run by our own Jeff Richardson, um, which was very, very fun. Uh, and then I guess I'm now on a Twitch stream, um, The Bad Joke. Oh, stumbled right into it. Just like, boom, boom, boom. Hey, apparently Will is, uh, is putting us on the stream. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And we happen to be hilarious and like have a great team rapport. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. Will start with me. W-I-L start with me. And he also has a great, um, he does a lot of art on his channel and is very, very talented and just has like a chill drawing time with good music um, when yeah. uh, he's not you know, broadcasting us on Tuesday nights uh, at 7 uh, Pacific time. Um, yeah. And that's a good time. It's a fun time. That's a, it's such a good group. Um, and mm. then, and yes. now, now Jeff has roped me in here. So here I am. Oh, and you got to, I mean, it's the only way to get into the war for the tower is by being roped. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> We've caught you. Move along, little doggy. With the strands of fate. <laughs> so I pulled up the editable uh, Space King's character sheet here. And I'm just, for my records, I'm going to make your character along as we describe it. So uh, like we did with Seth, let's go top to bottom on the right here. Uh, what's your character's name? I think we already know. Pollyanna. And player is April... What do you call the concept? Cheerful World War One nurse is what I Hell came yeah. up with. Hell yeah. Now, below this is attributes. Assign seven dots at character creation. So every attribute starts with one, and then you build onto it. So I think... I think charm's going to be up there, right? Yeah, so I, I thought through this a little bit um, and came out with some numbers uh, that I thought sort of reflected this character with maybe just a little bit bumped up so I don't, like, immediately die in combat. Um, <laughs> but so I put charm at max, so added okay. three into there. 
I put presents. I put two points into presents, two dots, and okay. then one each into wit and agility. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're like a normal person physically. Like you can get knocked out pretty easily. Yep. Um, your deal is like staying out of battle, right? That's your, yeah. that's your vibe. Yeah. My vibe is more like talking to people. <laughs> I, I realize this is probably the second or third time in a row I've tried to make a character that's essentially just who I am in the world with, you know, a, a bit of exaggeration, but it, it seemed to fit and it seemed to fit her, especially, of course, as you know, at the end of Pollyanna, she like falls out of a tree and is paralyzed, um, but then they're going to fix it. Um yeah, 60s movies just, like, went there immediately. It was wild. Oh, yeah. No, they didn't fuck around. So we have to figure out uh, how she is was no longer paralyzed. Did she, like, work for years to, like, rebuild her nerves or something? No, she had an operation and they fixed it. Oh, so it must not have been paralyzed, paralyzed. It must have been, like, impinged. Yeah, it's, like, movie stuff. It's, like, they, they, <laughs> they, it, she was, like, she couldn't walk for just long enough to be sad and have the whole town whose spirits she raised, like, come and raise her spirits. And then she got back, like, and then she was okay and then someone's like, oh, but surprise, like, we can do a surgery and it'll be fine. Like, what's wild is this movie, I think, was set in, like, 1910. So, like, legitimately the surgery might have been more dangerous than, like, whatever her condition was. Because I'm not sure if that's For even to, sure. the, to the point where they, like, believed that, like, germs were a thing. But turns right. out it was fine. So for this, for our purposes here, then we'll just say that she worked really hard to get her feet back and she had nurses that like helped her and they inspired her to become a nurse. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think like she is a person who saw what was happening in the war um, because it was a pretty rough time and thought that if there was anyone who needed um, some good cheer and a helping hand, it was uh, the brave soldiers fighting on the front. Um, and so she lied about her age and enlisted as a nurse. Good deal. Okay. So your health is three. Yep. You are injured at two and unconscious at one. Down below that are the vital stats. There's initiative, dodge, drive, and crit. And so initiative is your agility plus your presence. So five. Five. And then dodge is agility plus wit minus two. So that's two. Two. So basically what that means is uh, you can take away two damage at some point in the session gotcha which you'll probably do because yeah i have three hit points uh, <laughs> <Wow>. so, 
So drive is wit plus presence. Uh, so that gives you five. Yep. And then crit is if you get a queen of hearts, that's one times your charm of four. So that's four plus one. So if you ever get a queen of hearts, it counts as five. Ooh. Five successes. And we'll explain what successes are once we get into the whole uh, deal. So for skills, you get your intelligence plus two. And those are your practices. It's like, you know, sort of good. And then everybody gets two masteries, which are like, you're really good at it. Okay. So tell me what your practices are that you chose. And then we'll go on to masteries. Do I get two or three of those? I get three, right? You get three. Okay. So that that's sort of an area that I was having a little bit of question about. I was thinking survival would probably be a good one uh, as I like a practice. That. I was thinking about investigation. Ooh, girl detective. Yeah. And like... <laughs> maybe firearms but that i was like eh. I, like like it would make sense if she like knew how to fire a gun because you know she's in world war one but i would love to know how uh medical workers uh women like how they were trained like would you have been trained in athletics or um I don't know, computers, <laughs> whatever, organization. So, I mean, if by computers you mean like weaving, because that's sort of the form it was <laughs> right? in at that point. Um, but probably in athletics, like I've seen Captain America, you had to be like fit of body to enroll in the army. Um, so maybe athletics yeah. would be good. Maybe biology would be good as well. Ooh, Because I'm like a nurse. Yeah, you should have that, unless that's one of your masteries. It is not. <laughs> okay. And then I imagine your mastery, at least one, will be persuasion. Yeah. Okay. And then the other is empathy. Empathy, of course. Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, that one kind of goes both ways. Like in D&D, &D, there might be insight. You can kind of tell if somebody's lying or whatever. But this is also like, could you share your heart with somebody or whatever? Which, of course, <laughs> it's Pollyanna. So that yep. it that's a good set of skills there. Um, and now we get into ultimates. These are things that are based on if you're really, really good at something. Or conversely, there are a few ultimates that are like if you have a one in something. Um, yeah. Those are like super comedic or whatever. But anyway, uh, you get two of these. You could either do it for charm, empathy, or persuasion, and like two out of those three. Yeah, so I was looking at a, a friendship speech. Would that be persuasion or empathy? That's empathy. Empathy. Okay, good. I was going to say one of those could be the glad game. Yeah. Which is a thing Pollyanna it does. Is. It is a thing. Just think of something to be glad about. So we could use the mechanic. Side. We could use the mechanic in the book, or I had the thought: if you have a minute or more, you can inspire an entire crowd to to feel better or to do a thing. 
That's so good. I love that. All right. I'm at a glad game. So that's for empathy. And would you rather go persuasion or charm? I sort of feel like persuasion, but I'm open to ideas. I hadn't really landed on something that sort of. So we can find something in the game book or we can go off the board like with glad game. Um, Persuasion in the context of uh, getting your superior officers to help you, uh, getting your underlings. What do you call your whoever's below you in rank to like get moving? Oh, enlisted personnel. Yeah. uh, Order giving. Mm hmm. But also just getting out of a situation. Uh, You could be really good at haggling, like with storekeepers. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, honestly, as I've built this, I've literally just thought about like stuff that's happened in the movie Pollyanna because she like convinces a whole bunch of people to do things. And that's why like persuasion really sort of lands with me of like. Haley Mills has an album called Let's Get Together. That could work. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Getting people to do what you want. All right. I'll call it Let's Get Together. You can tell I did a bit of research right before the show. Procrastination. (laughs) I I understand. I was like looking at this like 20 minutes before we got on. So I was like, hmm, what would work? So the glad game is for team morale. Let's get together is for like we should do a thing. Yeah. And that could go for giving orders, but also taking them and, you know, using your your knack with gift of the gab to like get people to play along. Yes. And it's perfect for team cohesion. Cause uh like one thing you do that's great in our just regular D D game. The bad joke, I guess we call it. Oh, Antarctica. Mm. Um, it uh, You really have this vibe of like, yeah, guys, we're doing great. This is a team effort. And then sometimes you're like, we should probably do this. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. So what's the mechanic here? Let's get together. Like we could add two to persuasion roles with like, more than two people or like more than one person Mm. we could just do a simple thing that's like uh get somebody to do a task that they wouldn't otherwise do sort of like instant success thing yeah yeah just a sort of constant effect yeah i'll make your role if if it's something a person definitely would not do Mm-hmm. You know, like turn a, a torch wielding mob into a, I don't know what, a singing club. I don't know what Pollyanna would do. Something uh, like that. Charity giveaway? <laughs> yeah. Give away those torches. <laughs> yes. All right, so let's go to inventory. Useful items. Uh, you get two of these to start with. And we've talked about this off air, but why don't you tell people what what you're going to be carrying 
these two useful items. Yeah, I was thinking of weaponized croquet mallet. Uh, I don't know how to spell croquet. I tried to write it down. C R O Q U E T. Mallet. I know how to spell mallet. Mallet of crushing. Yeah. And uh, that'll give you a plus two to uh, blunt attacks and also ball hitting. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, I know that the soldiers need to cheer up fucking croquet. And so she brought her croquet mallet with her. Yeah, you still get a day off even on the front. So you got to have something to do. Yeah. You could have a football, but it might be, they might not have let women play football back then. Uh, Who knows? Uh, And the other thing is? That was like the hat. There was like a hat or something. I don't actually remember this. I'm thinking a wide brimmed hat with a, like a ribbon or a bow. Yep. Ribbon and bow. (laughs) I mean, traditionally (laughs) one does make bows out of ribbons. Yes. And this one's going to have a special power, which we don't know about yet. But which usually in this show, like once you go to a different dimension like things change a little bit so this might be like that okay this will actually be like anyway (laughs) so and then uh players also have quote non-useful items which are things that are just like stuff you would have like Mm. a purse or a revolver or i don't know like a first aid kit i feel like of course. First aid kit and then like um I can't remember if it was World War I think it was World War 1 and World War 2 where they sent the American soldiers with like cigarettes and chocolate as part of their like go-to kit and so she has like some cigarettes and chocolate to like hand out to people. Hell yeah. And you'll start with one resources which is like your your pay from that week's job or whatever. Nylons. Was that a thing in World uh, War One? Probably not. That was a World War II thing. Uh, no, nylons. So actually, I, here's a fun thing. It probably they probably were a thing in World War One and not World War II. Um, because World War Two is when everybody was rationing to support the troops. Uh, you know, like having shoes made out of cardboard and that sort of thing, because just literally everything went to the war effort. And so women often couldn't get nylons because they were using the materials used to make nylons in the war effort. And so they would like draw or tattoo the stocking seam onto the back of their their legs um, because they couldn't, they wanted to have the the nylons but they couldn't have them but i can't i i think that was i think that was world war ii where that was happening in world war one they like still had some stuff cool so you got a little pocket money you got a purse uh first aid kit cigarettes oh uh 
Heavy winter coat because it's winter or uh, late autumn. Winter coat. Sounds good. Cool. And then uh, hero points, um, you'll start with two. And I'll once we get into it, I'll tell you how those work. And then, so let's go up to appearance. Um, we know what Pollyanna looks like in the... Uh, in the show, but she's like a 10 year old or whatever <laughs> in the movie, Pollyanna. And so you'll be a world war two nurse. So I imagine that'll be what you're wearing. Like a dark, what were they? Dark blue or black, whatever. Probably winter. Blue. Wear. Yeah. And then, but her hat, she does have like, the nurse hat, but it does have like a ribbon on it that isn't with a bow that is not standard issue. Um, she also has blonde hair that's like mostly pinned up, um, because you know, nurse. Um, but there are still like some of those like ringlet curls, it's beyond anyone how she could get those in a frankly terrible war zone, but uh, she, <laughs> she manages it. Um, and then just a perpetual smile um, for everyone around her. Hell yes. So that's all that. The only other thing on the character sheet is the anti-Joker, or as for some reason we call it in this show, the anti-boner. <laughs> so you'll start with one of those. Usually uh, the team kind of gets together after a session and votes on who gets to have the anti-boner for the next time. <laughs> so we'll figure that out once you join the group, but yeah. We'll get into a sample adventure here. Theme song comes in. Uh, we we camera zooms in through the the half open flaps of a medical tent. Uh, it's rainy and gray, and cold, and uh, we see a uh, young blonde woman in a in a like blood spattered white apron situation. And she's next to a doctor who's, uh, I don't know, saying something to her. And uh, there's people with all kinds of terrible injuries, mostly gentlemen from the war. And they're like coughing and, and looking all, all distraught. And um, yeah, we'll just get right into it. Pollyanna, give me a check. To not be overwhelmed by all these mustard gas victims in the triage center. I got to pull up the character sheet here. Uh, what should this be? I'm going to say biology and presence. I flip over five cards? Uh, your presence is three and your biology is two, so that's five. And then you get an extra one because you're uninjured. But then I'm also going to give you another one because it's the first one of the night. Uh, I'm feeling frisky. So that'll be uh, seven cards. Okay. I do not remember which ones are successes. But does the, does the suit matter? Or is it only hearts that matter? Uh, the suits do not matter. The only suit that matters, yes, is the queen of hearts. Okay, so I got 
I think three successes. I got an ace, a queen, and a king, and then like some Perfect. eights and sixes and a three. You only needed two, so uh, yeah, you've managed to keep it together. You've been awake since 0500. It's like nine-ish, and uh, yeah, it's it's like the third month that you've been here. Like you're you're finally getting used to it, if if you can call it that. Uh, the doctor's like, he he hears a noise and you realize it's uh, one of the trucks pulling in uh, out in the pool. And he he says, uh, nurse, uh, go help the, uh, what are they enlisted? Go help the grunts uh, bring in the supplies. I need bandages, uh, you know. Yes, doctor. Uh, uh What's another medical thing? <laughs> bleaches? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've gotten beyond bleaches then. Uh, I'll, I'll go see what supplies they have. All right. So you go by and you you uh, you go by a uh, one of the the tough guys, one of the security personnel right outside the tent. Um, you can't. You you think his name is Neil? He's British. He's pretty handsome. He gives you a, a quick nod as you go by. Uh, I uh, pat him on the shoulder and I say, hang in there, Neil. Yes. Uh, what's your rank? I wonder what a nurse's rank is. Probably nurse. Yeah. Yes, nurse. And uh, so it's it's really muddy now. It's really rainy. Uh, you hear shouts all around. There's a bunch of tents, like kind of in a circle, as you're coming out. And anywhere the trucks are, people have been running and and walking and moving things. So it's just a muddy, disgusting mess. And you see it. Uh, two gentlemen are like opening up the back of a truck. They swing down the gate and they're starting to negotiate, like who's gonna go in and who's gonna. Uh, stand out the back and then they notice you and they stand to attention. Nurse! Private? Yeah, it's Private Bill Watson is the American and Corporal Lyle Barth is the Brit. Corporal Barth, Private Watson, how are you getting along in this uh, fine weather? Oh, quite fine, madam. <laughs> couldn't be better and watson is like uh great nurse uh our orders do you have more medical supplies oh uh, we've been in desperate need he kind of gives a look over his shoulder towards the all the medical supplies in the back <laughs> of this truck and uh he, he looks back over at the corporal and corporal says um i think we can help you madam and he salutes again. I salute back. <laughs> I say, well, thank you. We are we're ever so grateful. If you'll follow me, I'll show you where to put everything. Um, and we can get taken care of the soldiers. We have quite a few in there, and we are running out. Okay, somebody jostles you from behind and runs in and just starts grabbing something out of the truck. Excuse and it's then me. that you realize that... Uh, there's a bunch of people coming to get stuff. And so pretty soon Watson and Barth are overwhelmed. 
I'm going to stand up on the edge of the truck and go, excuse me. (laughs) Everybody looks up at you. The enlisted people like think they should salute, but they're not sure. And like, and the others give you this impatient, like, what are we doing? Look, these supplies should be prioritized for the sick and dying men in the tent over there. And I point to the uh, to the tent with, like, the big medical symbol on it. If you can all be orderly, we can ensure these are distributed in a way to help the army as a whole. Would you like to use one of your ultimates? Yes. Let's use uh, Let's Get Together. All right, the theme song swells, and you get the uh, forward ops people taking the, uh, what do you call it, like, medical kits off to, to uh, what's that place? The quartermaster uh, got medical supplies going your direction. They got some other stuff going to the motor pool. And uh, by the end of it, Watson and Barth are both, like, super sweaty and hair is all, like, uh, tousled in their face and and they're like trying to get their uniforms in order but they're totally covered in mud and it's a disgusting mess and then finally they pull out the last crate it's supply crate 3b and that's the one you're supposed to be getting i grab the crate and say thank you for your uh, commitment to your duty corporal barth is like helping hand it to you and he he can't decide whether to salute or like help you carry it. And then he, he's almost about to drop it. And then you hear planes coming in overhead. Someone shouts incoming and people start scattering, running to cover. I'm going to dive under the truck. (laughs) I'm going to give you a roll. This will be, We'll call it space-wise, or in this version, plane-wise, hmm. uh, which which you don't have, and yep. wit. So okay. you'll get two cards plus one because you're uninjured. Give me a, a three-card flip. Uh, mm. Yeah, that's one success. Okay, you, you're like, yep, this makes perfect sense. You start to go into the truck, and Bill Watson is like, nurse, what the hell are you doing? Oh, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, uh, and they're like trying to decide where they should pull you out. And you see a guy stumbling through the mud and he trips like about 20 feet away. And then you hear shooting and Barth and Watson like reluctantly run off in that direction. And they say, get to cover. Uh, I'm going to look around for any cover besides this truck which apparently didn't work (laughs) okay you remember your regs uh for a bomb uh situation and it is to run to your post or the nearest post uh where people are gathering which is one of these tents and everybody is pretty much gone to their post by now so it's going to look pretty awkward when you go back to yours. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But there is a tent that's closer. That's the, it's like the amputation tent. I'll go to that one. 
Okay, you're running out to that one, and you see the the guy that's tripped out in the mud is like having trouble getting back up. I'm gonna go grab him. Okay, you run forward. The rain is just out of control, and you realize that uh, it's not another man. It's a woman, and she's just totally covered in mud, and her hair's like all sloppy or whatever. You you uh don't recognize her. Oh, you poor dear. We need to get you out of this. You think maybe she's broken or twisted her ankle? I'm going to say, here, let me help you up and we can get back to the tent. We've got to get you out of here. And I'm going to sort of boost her up with like my my side is on like the side with the bad legs so she can like use me as a crutch to get over to the tent. Okay, cool. So give me a persuasion and I'm going to say presence this time. Like she, she's kind of out of it. So this is more of like a, uh, like a, or this could be actually empathy and presence. So that'll be seven plus one. Cause you're uninjured. All right, that's one success, two. Uh, That is three successes. Okay, nice. So you finally get through to her. You don't know if she, like, if her head is messed up or whatever, but she starts to come around and she looks up at you. And she's sort of a a strong-faced woman of maybe 40 you're surprised you haven't, um, you don't recognize her. You know, you've been here long enough to know most everybody. So maybe she's new. And at her age, she's either like a high level civilian or a, or a high officer, like a major. I just, I say, what are you, what are you doing out there? Or didn't you have a post to get to as I'm like shuffling into the tent? Um, so you're actually still haven't got her up yet. Oh, Um, you're starting to lift her up onto one foot and she's sort of like sliding or whatever. And then there's an explosion nearby and you hear people screaming. The rain around you starts to slow and the sound from, from screaming and like trucks honking and like whatever guns going off starts to get all kind of wobbly. Like it's like, it's not penetrating, but you realize that you and this woman seem to be moving freely. <laughs> she, uh, apparently her ankle doesn't hurt anymore. Cause she stands up and starts kind of dusting herself off. Ma'am, are you, are you okay? What's going on? Ah, uh, she's she's wiping at her coat, trying to get the mud off, and then she's sort of flicking her hands, like annoyed, basically trying to fling the dirt away. I give her a clean handkerchief, which I have. Oh, that's that's so nice of you. She uh, looks up, and she's like a strong chin, sort of uh, like curvy eyebrows, uh, dark hair, just sort of curled around her face. And she says, Pollyanna Whittier, a pleasure 
and she's got this uh, smile, but it's like one of those smiles that like doesn't go through the eyes, if that makes any sense. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She says, Renita Fogg, perhaps you've heard of me? Have I? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm terribly sorry, I have not, what, what is, what is happening? We need to, and if I can Oh, no what... matter. It seems I've stumbled into rather a nasty situation. I just can't seem to escape this war, no matter what I do. What? He, yes, it's, it is the war. It's everywhere. It's like civilization itself is tearing itself apart. Uh, you hear a, like, slow way down. And you see something come out of the sky and hit your medical tent. And uh, it's starting to explode. Like, you can see people reacting to it through the flap and, like... The soldier outside of it is like shaking. We we have to we have to help them. Ah, well, it's so interesting that you say that. I'm actually here because I'm looking for someone who can solve problems. So far, you're the only person I've found who fits the bill. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm happy to do whatever I can. To, uh, what is happening? What is this? How are we seeing this? Am I... Did I die? Well, yes, and I know it's hard to accept, but, but there it is. I'm dead? You can't escape your destiny, I'm afraid. The truth is, you're not really here. If that makes sense. Uh, It it doesn't. She points straight up, and you see another shell, like, coming straight out of the sky, down towards the two of you. We need to move. Oh, of course. Now, before you move on, uh, there are just a few things we need to cover. One... You'll need a way to survive in a dangerous environment. She draws off her wide-brimmed blue hat and hands it to you. And then she points to your croquet mallet, which is oddly just sitting in the mud a few feet away. And she says, I I took the liberty of uh, fixing these up a bit. It was all I could scurry up at short notice. It should be sufficient until you're able to resupply. Uh, these medical supplies will help. What? Resupply? But I'm dead. Well, okay. Uh, as I said, yes and no. Uh, she kicks up the mallet into her hands and like swings it around all jauntily. I... Um, go on. That is mine i take the mallet okay it seems a little heavier than you remember it (laughs) uh there's another thing uh there will come a time when you come into possession of a certain artifact 
When that happens, you will need to make a choice. Surrender it to those who wish to have it for themselves or keep it. It can do much if you learn how to use it. Of course, I can help you. That's kind of my whole thing. She bows. Do I? Does she seem trustworthy? <laughs> like, <laughs> Give me an empathy presence check. Okay. Uh, oh. All right. So I got three successes in a Joker. Okay. Do you want to use your anti boner? Uh, no, no, I want to, I want to take this one. So with, with, uh, jokers, um, either we can like resolve them right away or I can kind of like put it in my back pocket and bring it out, uh, when it'll be more fun. Up to you. I think, you know, for certain that something is not right about this woman. (laughs) However, the idea of having something to do in the afterlife seems like so seductive that you can't help but like consider what she's saying. Okay. Okay. She says, I'd love to stay and chat, but she looks up at the shell, which is now like a few feet above you. Ta ta. (sighs) There's a massive blast. You experience horrific pain, and then you pass out. (sighs) 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 Any thoughts, feelings? uh... Love it. That was very fun. (laughs) Okay. Very, very fun. Okay, there's one quick little bit here before we wrap up. Um, You find yourself in a large crater. It smells of gunpowder, sulfur, and ozone. The sky is purple. You hear the sound of shelling in the distance. There's lights on one side of the crater. It's like flashing on and off. There's multicolored blasts and like distant screaming. Uh, shadows are moving about, the occasional report of a rifle. And that's about all you see from where you are. I'm going to try and like find some place to hide. cool so uh you don't have a compass on you but i'll just you know on three sides basically there's um battlefields and then uh to the south you see cut into the south side of the crater there's a short trench with a ramp going down to what might be a bunker Mm -hmm. um so you figure that's your only quick option for hiding yeah, I'll go. Oh, by the way, that hat and the croquet mallet are like lying beside you. Uh, you're no longer muddy or bloody, but you're still in your same clothes. But it's like they've been freshly laundered. I'm going to grab the hat. I'm going to grab the croquet mallet. 
uh, and I'm going to like reach into my purse and pull out a, a like croquet ball and sort of look at it, toss it in the air and catch it with one hand and get like a little bit of a smile and then tuck it away. <laughs> nice. Okay. You get to the ramp and though you can't see too well, you see there's some sort of uh, mass at the bottom of the ramp uh, close to the door. There's a big metal door, it looks like, or concrete, some big door. I'm going to look at the mass first. Okay, you head down the ramp. Yeah. You see it's it's still, it looks like clothes, and it is the corpse of a boy. <sighs> Huddled up in winter clothes, you see his feet are wrapped in cloth. His face has been, like, deformed by some agent. Mm. Like, it looks like it happened just before death. Like, not like a uh, long-term medical condition. Uh, Doesn't look like fire or freezing. Uh, His hands are black and puckered with odd sores. And the pièce de résistance, he apparently tried to dig at his own throat before dying. Ooh, pure gas, mustard gas, Uh, which I'm probably familiar with by this point. You have seen um, people who were killed by it, and it... It looks like this was something more fast acting. God. Yeah, it looks a little different. Of course, he's been dead for God knows how long. <laughs> like, it looks like he was petrified. Yeah. Like it, you know, but he wasn't He wasn't eaten by bacteria or animals or anything. It's, you would not expect a corpse to to stay like this for this long. Okay, I am going to take his like coat and like cover him with it. Okay, you you managed to get it off of him, even though his hands are sort of like clutched in front of him. Um, you could cut him with scissors or whatever, and then you like put it over his head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you hear machine gun fire open up, and the top of the trench is like, like there's dirt and pebbles and stuff coming down, like someone's shooting at the the trench there. I'm gonna try and get into the bunker. Cool. You see the door is slightly open, like a few inches. You could probably like grab the side of it. I will do that. Okay. Give me a. Let's see, what should this flip be? Brawn. <laughs> that'll be funny. Brawn athletics. <laughs> okay, so that's one. So and then I guess two, two cards. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to use any drive or a hero point? Uh, yeah, I'll use a drive. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, use drive one at a time until Oof. you get uh however many successes you want. For this you need two. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. 
Oh, God. Uh, just keep flipping cards or? Yeah, you spend drive. You can spend, you know, from one to five, depending how many you need. And then you can you can use a hero point to give you two. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's zero successes. <laughs> Do you want to use a hero point? No, I'm just going to give up on this. Okay, you're like, ah, I can't do it. Um, so after doing that for a while, you notice that there's a button. <laughs> You've seen buttons before, probably, but it's sort of more popular after this period. But yeah. I'll push the button. Okay, you push the button. Uh, the power is off and it doesn't do anything. God damn it, Jeff. <laughs> Machine gun shoots some more. I'm going to get the fuck out of this trench. Suddenly, you see a red light appear around the button, like in a square around it. And you see red light kind of uh, appear somewhere behind the door. I will push the button again. Okay, the door opens silently. Stupid door. You see down this hall, uh, there's like red lights ever so often, but they're super dim and there's like dust floating in the air. Maybe it got kicked off by the door opening. Mm. You see several sets of footprints with like mud and dirt and dust. And at a certain point, the lights must not, they must go out because you can't see past a certain distance. You also hear what sounds like distant wailing and you can't localize it, whether it's down there or off to the left or off to the right. It seems to be everywhere. I'm going to head inside. Oh, bravery. As soon as you enter, the door shuts behind you and locks. Cool. It sounds final with multiple chunk chunk sounds. Continuing down. <laughs> what is Pollyanna saying to herself in her head as we uh, cut to the fade to black? Somebody is hurt. I better go help them. Oh, that's awesome. War for the Tower is a special project of the Trap Society and Colossus Media Group. Our theme song is Morgana Rides by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at incompetech.com. Send us an email at warforthetower at gmail.com. Stay weird, everybody. So that's it. That's the war for the tower. You're here. Cool. <laughs> it makes me think of like, um, <laughs> there's like an episode of, uh, of Dr. Who where there's like some horrible forever war with like a bunch of hands that pop out of the ground and like drag <laughs> people down. 
that's the like the and like clearly clearly it is like riffing on World War One, but like good stuff. I like it. Good <laughs> good spooky vibe. Yeah, this is so wild. Like we've been uh doing this show for a couple of years and we've been on a break and so we've been having our heroes like running down this hallway forever basically and now we're gonna like y'all are gonna meet in the middle of this damn hallway (laughs) i can't wait just a long long hallway it's funny we spent like in my other game we spent like an entire session basically just like walking down a tunnel (laughs) and then like and then like one of our one of our um the characters is like claustrophobic and she like drinks to like deal with the claustrophobia but then um like she hit the point where like if she drank more it was actually going to be like a problem for her ability to do things um, oh no and so our druid had like some calming herbs um, <laughs> and so she smoked those and then because we're in this like tiny five foot wide tunnel, my character also got like hot boxed off of it. <laughs> and so then first we were just walking down a tunnel. Then we were walking down a tunnel like high. Then we finally got the end and got like attacked. And then we came up in this like town's like records hall. But it was like, yep, that one we just we walked in a tunnel and we got in a fight and that's it. <laughs> this is really fun. Hell yeah. I like the system. Yeah, it's a good one. Should I try and like preserve my deck for next game? Um no, we usually start over after like a big shift, like if there's a big uh arc. Mm. We'll just kind of start over. Usually in a session we'll We'll do like two or three episodes in one session, and so like when that's done, we'll we'll reassign the anti boner and and you know give everybody hero points and stuff. So I'm gonna give you one extra hero point, so you'll have three when we start uh, next group episode, which should be pretty soon. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, let's do likes and wishes. So were there any moments in the story that you liked? Anything that uh, stands out for you? I really like Suspicious Lady. What was her name? I got down Renita Hemingsworth, but I don't think that's like, <laughs> right. R- Renita Fogg. Renita Fogg. Maybe I was just thinking about Chris Hemsworth. Um, Renita Fogg. <laughs> She's great. I, I adore her. I just really like I was like, oh shit, I am actually dead. Like I did not I don't know why I didn't like flag that, but like for whatever reason, that completely blindsided me. I think uh yeah, just like good banter up front. I like it when she didn't like 
when she tried to dive under the truck and it like didn't work like that that was that was very good <laughs> Pollyanna is so cool I can't wait till she gets in a group same uh so wishes are, are there any role-playing type stuff you'd like to get into are there uh type of monster you want to fight uh you know just go off the board let's see <laughs> i like i like weird monsters like just some like like oh like did you ever watch the old alice in wonderland like cartoon and there were those like super freaky flamingos like that were like uh croquet mouths but also like dicks like they were jerks just ringing a bell at all they're great and they like attack people and they're kind of scary like they're they're so just like weird stuff like you know getting attacked by like i don't know a fucking enormous duck would be like pretty fun <laughs> like I, I or like more classic monsters but like those are really fun too but like i'm i'm always here for the weird shit like i'm always here for it so that cool. and i think I keep this, that in mind this game and this like this world you've built have tremendous opportunity for that just like some yes. weird. I mean, like I built a character based on a child who is always cheerful <laughs> and gave her a croquet mallet and a, like a sun hat. Like clearly, like I tend to go for the weird stuff. <laughs> yes, and because it's Stephen King, it's going to be equal parts creepy, gross, spooky, upsetting, and funny. And uh, and everything in between. <laughs> so it can be like if you've read his later Dark Half book, or I mean uh, Dark Tower books, it gets quite silly at times. So it's really we can go all over the place. I have read all of them. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have read every single That's one. Great. I there are few books that have caused me to be as like full of rage at the ending like <laughs> like it took me i'm gonna say a solid two months to appreciate the end of the dark tower like now like, do you mean the entire last book or do you mean like the bit end bit all right, so April uh, tells a spoiler for the end of book seven, um, and that starts a chat that takes about four and a half minutes. So just jump four and a half minutes from when I say go, and you'll hopefully avoid all that. Go! The very end bit, like where he actually yeah. makes it into the tower, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh. I, was, I was so, I hated it. I hated it. I love first. that part. And like over time I got there, but like, I like, I love a good ending and I love a concrete ending. And like, I just, that, <laughs> oh man. Have you read Stephen King? 
No, no. I've literally, the only thing I have ever fully read by Stephen King is the entire Dark Tower series. Okay, okay. So you don't, you don't have the broad context. Uh, yes, he's terrible at endings. They're yeah, not his is, thing. <laughs> this is what I've heard. Like he's bad at endings. And so I as far as I can tell, like this is actually probably one of his better ones, which is, you know, slightly terrifying to think about. <laughs> I mean, I like it, but I was so mad. And he's like, he did it. He did it was Pet Cemetery his. Pet Cemetery, Misery, mm. uh Dolores Claiborne, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Maximum Overdrive is one of the worst movies of all time. <laughs> I'm like I'm like fairly familiar with like what the his body of work like oh the shining. Like The Shining. I'm, I'm yep. just aware of like what his body of work consists of without having like actually read anything besides the Dark Tower. It's pretty wild. I mean, I I created this show between book six and seven, so I didn't know how wild it was going to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did but not. once I finished it, I was like, oh, this show is perfect. Because not only can we like sort of maybe correct some of the really zany bullshit, but also like just play in that space because it is off the chain i encourage everyone to read it and get mad at the ending and then yeah. come around and listen to this show it's great yeah i did you ever have you studied the theater yeah a little bit i i you know through school so you do you know like Bertolt brecht at all sure do yeah so like that's sort of what a lot of the later of the Dark Tower trilogy, trilogy, the Dark Tower books like remind me of is like that sort of here is the thing you are going to see. Here is the event that is happening. Here is oh, the, it's like, meta. Yes, it's very meta. It's like it's meta, but like. Yeah. Brack sort of was known for doing this thing where he would like come and straight up tell you what happened. Yes. In his stories, and then like then then play out the story, and like I could dig more into it, but like. <laughs> You'd think with the the intervening time, Stephen King could maybe put a put a like more modern spin on it instead of just like doing it kind of clumsily. But um, like the setting up, like here's what's going to happen. Here is the thing that has just happened, and here's how it will end. But you won't get to that until like a book and a half later. Right. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. But there were years in between the early books. And then his later books were like, boom, boom, boom. And I think editing uh, could have been done better. Um, yeah, a little bit did. of refinement. But, you know, he wrote these books, not me. So I'm down with, with uh, what what we got. Yeah, he wrote them. Millions of people read them and enjoyed them. 
if it wasn't so wild and off the chain, like we wouldn't have any interest in living in this world because like the story would have been told. But there's so many stories to tell. There's so much stuff uh, in there. That's so great. And Pollyanna's in the mix. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, she is. Poor girl. So some of our hardcore Stephen King fans will probably recognize Renita in mm. a different context. So that'll be fun. Gotcha. Yeah, I I don't I am not as familiar with his like bigger body of work. So should be interesting. Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, April, do do you want people to contact you on the internet? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. Check out check out uh, Will's Twitch stream. He does art, plays music. I like just have it on, on the side sometimes. It's on Twitch. Will start with me, 1L. And uh, on Tuesdays, we're over there doing our D&D thing. It's fantastic. Um, I think that'll do it. Oh, the show, warforthetower at gmail.com. And, uh, and warforthetower.com is the website. And I guess that's it. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. I forget how I end these things. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having me. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Snakes hiss, hiss, screaming. <laughs> Special thanks to Kevin Cole, the maker of Space Kings, for letting us use the Space Kings system to, to make this show. It's pretty cool. Space Kings.